0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. It's just you and me today, marketers. And for those of you who are new to the MarTech Podcast community, in this episode, like we do at the end of every month, I tell you how we practice what we preach in the marketing of this show. Well, we've made it to the end of 2018, and now that the holiday season is upon us, I wanna take a step back and think about the big picture. While this isn't specifically a MarTech-related topic, I want to tell you a little bit about how I think about my system for goal-setting and evaluation, specifically as it relates to being a human being and one that is an independent small business owner. As I'm guessing it probably is for many people, the end of the year is a really reflective time for me. Each year, I sit down and review the personal goals and the career goals that I've set up for myself, and I think about what I've accomplished and what I hope to achieve in the upcoming year. To go into detail about my system, first, I come up with a list of non-quantifiable behavioral goals that I call resolutions. For example, in 2018, my resolutions were to find stability, make time for happiness, be less distracted, prioritize healthy decisions, plan regularly, and stay humble. Now, these are not things that I'm trying to quantify, but just a set of behavioral traits that I want to refer to throughout the year to try to rationalize whether I am developing as a person, whether I'm building skills and traits that I think represent who I am. Now, outside of my resolutions, I also create a small list of more quantifiable goals that I bucket into these groups. First, there's family responsibilities. Am I being the husband and the father that I want and need to be? Second, home life. This year, primarily, this was focused around the construction of the house that we're building. But a lot of the time, this has to do with the planning and behavioral traits. So how many times are my wife and I going on dates or how much time am I making to do specific tasks around the house? The third is career goals. Am I achieving what I want in terms of monetizing my career, building new skills, meeting the people that I want to meet? I have exercise and fitness goals, personal and mental health goals, and then I also have some skills that I try to develop and I create a list of those. So in each of these more quantifiable goals, I set goals that live somewhere in between realistically achievable and stretch milestones. So for example, at the end of 2017, these are the career goals that I set for myself. First, I wanted to accept a full-time job with a total compensation package of $300,000. Now, admittedly, that sounds like a lot. So when I say total compensation, what I'm referring to is not only the base salary before taxes, but also the value of any sort of equity and bonus, and then also healthcare and any other perks. To get to the point of being able to accept a full-time job, my goal was to set 50 unique networking conversations. And I use a tool called Pipedrive, which is a CRM, to be able to track the new conversations that I'm starting. I wanted to make $50,000 in consulting revenue. And really my plan was to transition away from being a full-time consultant into my what would be new full-time job. So that's the reason why my consulting goals were relatively low. I also wanted to launch a thing called the MarTech podcast. So for me, this was an idea that I can build a content asset as a part of my consulting business that would position me as an expert in marketing. And after launching the podcast, my goal for this year was to get to 10,000 total downloads. And I was going to use a tool called Libsyn, which was our host, which we've now transferred away to a tool called Art19 for our podcast hosting. So Those were the goals that I set up at the end of 2017 going into 2018. Now, the funny thing about that list is the goals were all centered around my plan to give up my consulting practice and to find an in-house role while working as a consultant and a podcast host as really a side hustle. So I don't like to get too literary, but in the words of John Steinbeck, the best laid plans of mice and men so quickly go awry. While I would call myself a religious planner when it comes to setting long-term goals, this year has pointed out to me more than any other year in my career that you never really can plan for which direction your career is going to go. My original goal might have been to find a more stable paycheck through a traditional employer-employee relationship. And this podcast was really meant to be a personal positioning and credibility building exercise. So As I'm sitting at home, and right now it's between Christmas and New Year's, and I reflect on the year, here's what I look back and think really happened. When I launched this podcast, I relied both on my personal network and the knit dynamic advertising platform that I've talked about a ton to try to reach my goal of 10,000 downloads. I had a $2,500 advertising budget from one of my consulting clients who was the original sponsor of the show, a company called Search Metrics, which is an SEO software provider. While I was searching for full-time jobs in Q1, this podcast started to scale much faster than I originally expected it to do, primarily thanks to my investment of the $2,500 advertising budget into the Knit advertising platform. So by the end of Q1, when I was really starting to ramp up in my job search, I was ahead of pace from where I thought I would be in terms of building this podcast and growing an audience. So as the podcast scaled, I agreed to a new consulting agreement to create podcasts for the team at Searchmetrics, and I created a show called The Voices of Search, which is centered around helping SEOs stay on top of the changing landscape of search marketing. So in an odd way, the success of investing the podcast budget that Searchmetrics had given to me to be a sponsor of this show turned out to be something that was valuable for them because I created this new skill and was able to bring it into their organization. And now it's really one of the centers of their marketing team. So as this podcast continued to scale, I found a more stable and flexible relationship with my anchor consulting client. And I decided to put my job search on hold in Q2 to see if I could build the MarTech podcast into a monetizable asset which means that I had to change my original goal of trying to reach 10,000 total downloads to reaching 10,000 downloads per month, which is basically the point where you can start to monetize a podcast and make, in the words of Chris Smith, the founder of Knit, more than beer money. So in Q2, I decided to raise the bar, move the goalposts in terms of what my expectations were for the MarTech podcast. And in October, Q3, The Martech podcast finally reached the five-figure download per month run rate. So having reached the milestone in terms of credibility for reach... In November, I hired an App Store Optimization Agency to help me boost the podcast's ranking in the Apple iTunes Store. And right around when the show peaked at number 26 for business podcasts in the United States, we started the show's first sponsorship outreach campaign with the hopes of being able to have this show self-fund its hard costs. And by that, I mean our advertising, content production, and the software, the hosting fees, which add up to roughly $2,500 a month right now. So where does that leave us today? Well, a few things to update you on. In terms of the show's growth, it looks like we're going to land around 11,500 downloads this month. And while that's down from the 13,000 downloads that we saw in November, the reason for that is we pulled back in terms of the amount of content that we published this month. We basically took a week off over the holidays and we completely stopped our marketing efforts. I did not invest a dime into the podcast because Our focus for the month was really to figure out if we could drum up enough interest in potential sponsors to rationalize spending not only 50% of my working hours, but also self-funding the show. I'm happy to report that since we launched our original sponsorship campaign, we contacted roughly 60 people with an email marketing campaign. It was a three email campaign. We reached roughly 80% of those sponsors, so about over 40 or 50 people actually received our messaging. The reply rate was great. I think that our reply rate was somewhere around 20%, which means that of the 50 people, we had roughly 10 conversations. And of those 10 conversations, we have signed four sponsorship relationships, which means that we've sold roughly two-thirds of our Q1 inventory and have invoiced for between twenty dollars and $30,000 worth of either cash or trade value. It's something that I'm really excited about, and honestly, finding sponsors, I'm not only excited with how the conversations have gone, but mostly I'm really excited about who our sponsors are because they are very much the type of people that I would want to be on and listen to this show. So I'm thrilled and I'm excited to bring the sponsors to you and teach you a little bit about their businesses in Q1, and I think you're going to find the way that we're doing our sponsorships to provide just as much value as any of our other pieces of content. Now that said, it's the end of the year and I'm sitting back a little farther in my chair and I'm realizing now more than ever that in marketing and just in business in general, sometimes the best possible thing that can happen is for your plans to completely fall apart. And going into this year, my plan was to find a VP of marketing job at a growth stage startup and I wanted to work in consumer marketing. And going into next year, my plan is going to be to try to scale the MarTech podcast to 100,000 downloads per month while working toward expanding the company that I've created's production capabilities with an eye on growing beyond just being the MarTech podcast into an entire podcast network. Now, looking back on the goals that I set for 2018, in some cases, I completely missed the mark. And in some cases, I completely crushed it. What matters more is what I've learned, and I've learned a ton this year. And I feel like I've found my calling as a podcast host and a producer I just always want to thank my podcast production team who's hustled to consistently create the content that you hear. I want to thank our guests who have been very generous with sharing their expertise. They are really our product. And most of all, I want to thank you, our listeners who have lended us your ears and your attention and for your help building the community around the MarTech Podcast. As we move into 2019, we're going to continue to expand our reach. We're going to try to create more compelling and valuable content for you, our listeners, more valuable spots for some of our sponsors. And we're finding new ways to build community around the needs of the modern marketer, around the MarTech community. But for now, before we get into too much details about what our plan and what our goals are, I really want to say thank you for helping grow this podcast and for making this the most surprisingly rewarding year in my career. This year went a completely different direction than what I ever could have expected, and I couldn't be happier having this be part of my job, talking to you about marketing and learning as much as I possibly can from industry experts in our field. So. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year. I can't wait for 2019. I think you're going to love the things that we're working on. And I hope that we can build a show and a platform that continues to provide value and content that it's interesting to you. And until next time, as always, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks, everyone.